Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David and I give our final thoughts on the win over the Panthers and take a few more of your voicemails. We all want to get a ticket to that game or that concert that we've desperately, desperately been trying to get to. And now with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can get to whatever event you would like to attend. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even easier, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and sporting events to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite event right now enter promo code kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 you are locked on Buccaneers your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame put your name to shame cover up your face you can't run the race the pace is too fast you just won't last What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, home of your first place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, brought to you in part by Peloton. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, we are going to wrap up our thoughts on the 20-14 victory over the Carolina Panthers, and uh, we're going to do so by talking about some things that we liked and some things that we didn't like, and then we're going to answer a few more voicemails. Does that sound like a fantastic way to spend the show? That sounds amazing. Outstanding, because we're going to start with you. We're each going to name two things that we liked and two things that we didn't like. We're going to take turns, go back and forth. It's going to be kind of like audio ping pong for all of you listeners. And uh, yeah, the things that we liked, things that we want to see more of, and then things that we didn't like, you know, we want to see it improved. But David, we're going to start with you. What is something from the game that you liked? Uh, I like Chris Godwin, and I want to definitely see more of Chris Godwin as we get moving forward. Obviously, we're both Chris Godwin fans. I think every Buccaneer fan is obviously a Chris Godwin fan. Like the expectation is Chris Godwin is going to be a critical part of this team's success moving forward this season and for many, many moons to come compared to week one. I mean, cause Chris was, Chris was just as guilty as some of these other wide receivers were and, and tight ends of not really getting a whole lot of separation. Part of his game going back to Penn state is his ability to get separation is his route running is his suddenness when he comes off of his stem into his break. And that was missing a little bit in San Francisco. And I don't know if maybe San Francisco just played him better than, than other people, the other teams have, but we saw that come back against Carolina. He was getting really good separation getting open for, for James Winston. And especially on that touchdown, I mean, dude was wide open. Uh, so just want to see more of that. Something that I liked from the game, since you took a, a, a no brainer in Chris Godwin, I will take Shaq Barrett. Um, what he has done so far through two games is the reason that he came to Tampa Bay. He wanted to prove that he was a starting caliber 
outside linebacker. He wanted to prove that he could get to the quarterback. He wanted to prove that he was worthy of being on the field more often than than not. To have three sacks in not only in a game, but in a quarter against Cam Newton is just flat out impressive. In fact, Shaq Barrett became only the second Buccaneer in history to have three sacks in one quarter the other being Simeon Rice. That's pretty good company to be in. Even even when he was just getting close to Cam, it caused Cam to get happy feet and and force a pass too early because he was worried about getting hit again. That's the kind of stuff I like to see, and I want to see a lot more of it out of Shaq. Oh, yeah, most definitely. First of all, how dare you call my my Chris Godwin pick an easy pick, but Shaq is definitely another easy pick. I will see your low-hanging fruit, and I will raise you more low-hanging fruit. Yeah, and uh, I, I expect at least one, one, at least one more sack out of Shaq uh, coming, coming in week three, if not more. We'll get to that later, obviously. So the thing, second thing I like, I'll stick on the defensive side and 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 compare or uh, add another one to your to your Shaq Barrett, and that's Vita Vea, man. Especially this year with Vita Vea, man. I mean, he is he has definitely proven the value uh, that he that he carried when he got drafted, and I'm super happy to see it. Super excited to see it. So I just I just hope it continues and. First and foremost, obviously, he's got to stay healthy because so far, if, if there's one hang-up about his career in the NFL, it's his health. So hopefully he can stay healthy and just continue wreaking havoc there in the middle of that line for the Bucks. Oh, yeah, I'm loving everything out of Vita Vea. And it, it's something with Vea, you're not going to see it on the stat sheet. You're not going to see the fact that he collapsed the pocket himself by pushing offensive linemen into an opposing quarterback and forced an errant pass. Those things aren't going to show up. So the... um you know, the people that want to to hate on Vea because he's not the person that they wanted to draft, they're not paying attention if they're still hating on him. David, the second thing that I like, I, I'm going to have to go, and I realize I was way harder on him last week than you were. Maybe that's just because you felt bad at how angry I was, so you, you decided not to go too hard on him. But I liked what I saw out of Jameis Winston. Now, he is not forgiven. Yeah, I'm still being very cautious, but this was the step in the right direction that I wanted to see. I wanted to see him string together, you know, two, three, four, five of those kinds of games in a row. And it's something that I said in my pick six that'll come out today. I don't care if he becomes a, a quarterback that's labeled as a game manager. I don't care if, you know, he's not putting up gaudy stats. What I care about is that he's making the right decisions and he's finding open receivers and he's not forcing mistakes and he's not losing the game. That's what I care about. So if if that's the kind of quarterback that he needs to be a quote-unquote game manager like he was Thursday night, that's fine because the end result was a win. When he tries to be you know, Captain America and do everything himself, that's when he forces turnovers and the Bucks lose the game. I don't want to see that anymore. Give me give me Captain Game Manager Jameis Winston over Captain America Jameis Winston with three interceptions any day of the week. So I liked seeing that out of Jameis. I want to see more of it. I want to see him continue to improve on that. You can be a game manager and still have four touchdowns in a game. But you're you're not making the dumb decisions. You're making the smart reads and the smart passes. And I want to see that continue to grow. Oh yeah, 
Most definitely. Uh, you look at, I mean, looking ahead of week, to week three, Eli Manning is coming to town and, and the dude's got Super Bowl rings and there's people talking about him like he's a Hall of Famer. And again, this is what we talked about going back to week one when everybody, you know, the the the, the bridge is burning and, and everything, the sky is falling and all that stuff. You know, we need to see that improvement. We need to see that week to week improvement, which we saw. So that's great that we saw it in week two. The key now is we got to see it in week three and week four and week five and week six. Not week seven, but then week eight. You know what I mean? We got to continue to see it because that's when you're going to start to believe that Jameis Winston is actually turning into the quarterback that he can be. So definitely hope that we get to see that uh, some more moving forward. All right, David, give me something that you did not like that needs to be fixed immediately. Yeah, it's Carlton Davis. Um, And I'll tell you, man, Mm -hmm. I am a huge, huge fan of physical football. And in order to do that successfully, you have to have defensive backs who are going to be play physical, play on the line, knock guys off of their routes, delay timing, all that stuff. And I love it, and it's great, and it's amazing. Carlton Davis is getting flagged way too much trying to do it, and he's got to figure it out. And the thing that makes me worried the most, honestly, is that there's not like an aged veteran cornerback who's played this style of defense that can kind of take him under the, his wing and say, like, listen, young blood, here's how you do this. Here's how you got to get better. Vernon Hargraves is the elder statesman of that room. And from looking at them, from like observing their interactions during camp, I kind of talked about it during one of the training camp sessions where they were running, you know, they were doing, they were running wind sprints together in between reps and in between plays and all that stuff. So they're definitely a a duo there, uh, he and Vernon. Vernon is having a lot of success early in the season and he's playing the physical brand of football that Todd Bowles wants, but he's not getting flagged. Carlton Davis is having some success playing the physical brand, but he's getting flagged. And he's getting flagged too much. And the more he gets flagged, we saw this with Ryan Jensen last year. The more he gets flagged, the more officiating crews are going to start paying attention to him. The more he's going to get flagged even more because they're going to start watching him uh, specifically. And teams are going to start taking advantage of that. I'm telling you against the New York Giants, I expect the Giants to take some shots at Carlton Davis early because they're going to see if they can get those flags on him and get those cheap yards and those easy plays. Uh, So that's that's really what I'm worried about. I'm hoping that the Buccaneers secondary coach, the Buccaneers defense coordinator, those teammates, uh, and Coach Arians, I ho- I'm hoping that they're doing things during this uh, you know, pseudo-buy where they have a little bit more time to get prepared from week two to week three to kind of help Carlton Davis uh, with some of these things. But if he continues to get flagged, it's just going to make him tentative. It's going to make him start hesitating, and that's dangerous for everybody. He definitely needs to get that stuff cleaned up. There's uh, there's really no excuse for it at this point. And uh, if if he doesn't, there are guys fighting and scratching and clawing to work their way onto the field. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if Bowles looks at him and says, you know what, you're hurting us more than you're helping us. First thing that I disliked, real quick, it's pretty simple, uh, O.J. Howard. Yeah, terrible first first week. Then week two, you know how many targets O.J. Howard had? Um, O.J. Howard had just as many targets as I did. Exactly. That is not good. That is not ideal. I have argued time and time and time again that O.J. Howard is a top five tight end in the NFL. He is an elite tight end in the NFL, and he is working really, really hard to not only prove that wrong, but also completely derail my prediction of him having a thousand receiving yards this season. Yeah, I want to see more out of OJ, and we will. The offense isn't firing on all cylinders yet, so you know what I mean. Like Mike Evans is getting is getting less production than he usually gets. It's it's just across the board. So give it time, guys. It's coming. the The good news is this team is winning or is is in a position to win two games in a row. Should be two and zero, oh, 
even though they're still getting up to speed. So that should kind of actually get you a little bit excited about what could be coming, uh, including for guys like OJ Howard. I, I realize it's kind of a sweeping generalization, and you touched on it on on your first dislike point. I really dislike how this team is going through stretches of being undisciplined and shooting themselves in the foot. And it's something that we've seen repeatedly for the last few years. But you know, we kind of believed that that Bruce and, and this coaching staff was gonna clean it up. The penalties have got to stop. Some of these just god awful stupid mistakes it has to get cleaned up i have to have to put some faith in the fact that that accountability board that bruce hangs up is really going to start to take effect and some of these players are going to start policing each other and and policing themselves better and uh and we're going to see that cut down but early on it's it's very reminiscent of what we've seen out of this team for the last five years Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you on the offensive line, man, um, Gerald Hawkins is getting up to speed and Gerald Hawkins is is catching up uh, to this unit. That's where the door starts to open up for him to take somebody's job. So, yeah, definitely. Let's go ahead and try to knock out a couple of these voicemails. Hey, guys, Joe from Ocala. A um, few more questions. These are some of the questions that my friends and I are, are debating. Seeing what your thoughts were about, you know, Cam's a vegan now. I read somewhere about Cam being a vegan now. Do you think that has anything to do with him not playing well? You know, he slimmed down quite a bit. I was just curious what you guys thought about that. We, we, me and some buddies have had some discussions. Shaq Barrett sacks. How, how much of Vea... Vita Vea and Stu play a part in, I mean, they are just dominating the middle. How much do you think that those sacks are because of those two guys in the front, seeing what your thoughts were about that? And, um, man, if you guys think Jameis got a lot of hate, I'll tell you, I listened to the Locked On Panthers after the game, and I, I looked at some of the uh, some of the comments about Cam and first take, Stephen A. Smith. Man, they are just destroying Cam. Uh, he just doesn't look good. But uh, just a few questions for next week. Uh, I always like your guys' opinions, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks. All right, Joe, thank you for the call. Newton being a vegan, it, you know, if it's impacting his play, it's the same way that it's impacting Gerald McCoy's. Gerald McCoy is a vegan, and basically through two games, both of them suck. How much does, does Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue impact Barrett Sacks? A lot. You know, these two guys are are collapsing the pocket. They're they're taking up all the attention of the opposing offensive line and Shaq Barrett is being basically forgotten about it. And that's kind of what we had hoped to see with Vea and Sue in the middle. And then of course, later on, you're going to get Jason Pierre Paul back and your teams are having to worry about Carl Nassib right now. So they're not focusing on Shaq Barrett. They're going to have to start and that's going to open stuff up for, for Nassib and, and Nelson who came on pretty well in the Thursday night game. So yeah, the impact of Vita and Sue in the interior of, of that defensive line, uh, it, it's monumental. The Cam Newton hatred uh, amongst Carolina fans and media. Welcome to the club, man. It's about time you caught up with the rest of us. <laughs> uh, so Newton being a vegan, I mean, yeah, I know Gerald McCoy is also a vegan, but honestly, I mean, I don't think being a vegan impacts his play on the field oh, like no, directly. I think what it impacts is his ability to heal from his injuries. I mean, he had the shoulder injury in January or the shoulder surgery in January. He had that injury, which I think that injury was much bigger and much more impactful in his long-term outlook than anybody's admitting right now. And then he had that foot issue during the preseason. And yeah, I know, like, I know vegans still get protein through, you know, beans and stuff like that. But 
I, I kind of look at it as, so I don't know about you, James. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I have a caffeine dependency. Yep. Right. Me too. And I, I assume you do. And listen, anybody with a caffeine dependency knows all caffeines are not created equal. Like my caffeine dependency comes from monsters. Yours comes from Mountain Dew, right? And rock stars. And rock stars. So if I'm, let's say I run out of monsters and I just have no way of getting any. So I start getting a caffeine headache and I go drink some coffee. It's not going to help. You know why? Because it's different. It's a different delivery mechanism. It's a different caffeine. I don't want to get into the science of all of it, but it's just, let's just put it this way. It's not the same thing. So the protein you get out of beans is not the same protein you get out of meat, out of chickens, stuff like that, out out of dairy. And it's not the same protein his body has been getting his entire football career up until this year, which is just ironic to me because it's when he's dealt with the, well, I don't want to say the most serious. I don't know Cam's full history, but you know, having a basically destroyed throwing arm pretty is, is pretty significant. So to choose that time period to switch up your entire diet uh, just seems weird to me. And then as far as the, the, this, the diet stuff in, in general, I think it really in life, well, I think something I've learned is that anytime you go to the full extreme on any side of anything, you're, you're doing it wrong and you're going to miss out on something. So you're Challenge getting some healthy stuff and don't get me wrong and you're losing weight and all that stuff. But there are things that you're not getting because you're not eating those natural proteins, those those meats. I don't know, man. That's just the way I kind of look at it, I guess. Um, so I think it definitely impacts the way that his body's been able to heal, which then impacts his play on the field. But I don't think him being a vegan, like, you know, like if Jameis Winston healthy, he started becoming a vegan. I don't think he's going to lose accuracy or lose strength on the ball just because he became a vegan. But if he were to get hurt or hurt that shoulder again, you know, James had a similar issue. I think that's where the impact comes in. And with Cam being older also, you know what I mean? Like he's got a lot more wear and tear and he's older and now he's doing this. I just think it's crazy timing to do it. Um, so I don't get it, uh, honestly, but whatever, man, it's it's in fashion. So, you know, I don't know. That's probably why he did it. As There's far as, one thing uh, we know about Cam. He's fashionable. Apparently, yikes! Uh, as far as Via Vitavea and Indomitian and Sue's impact on Shaq, yeah, I mean, anytime you have pressure up the middle, what you're what you're really doing is you're keeping that quarterback from being able to take a straight line uh, from from the back of the pocket to the front of the pocket to escape. And when you have guys like Shaq Barrett also then collapsing the edges of the pocket, then your quarterback has nowhere to go. And that's what you kind of saw in some of those some of those uh, some of those sacks is that they're all working in tandem. And, you know, your outside linebackers, that's typically why your three, four outside linebackers are your pro bowlers and stuff like that, because they get those sexy numbers while guys like Vita Vea are in there in the trenches doing dirty work. So they definitely go hand in hand. But I mean, I don't know what the debate is, Joe. Like if if someone's trying to take away from what Shaq did because of that, I mean, that it's it all works together, man. So it's really not, you know, it's, it's not fair to take away from any of them for for either of it. It's a it's a team effort. Um so I don't know if that really helps with your with your debate with your buddies. And then as far as Cam Newton, man, I listened to Bill Rossetti, you know, good friend of ours. Uh, I listened to his episode following following the Panthers' loss, and Panthers Panthers people are not happy right now. Um, honestly, you know what, man? I think part of the part of the way successful franchises stay successful is knowing when to move move on from from key figures in your franchise, right? Like you look at the Colts and. When they moved on from Peyton Manning, it was not a popular decision. It was not a popular move. A lot of fans hated it. A lot of fans didn't like it. And then they brought Andrew Luck in. And once they got Andrew Luck kind of up to speed and he started producing, people were like, oh, okay, this is why we did it. It's a huge risk. It's a huge gamble. But I don't know. Like, if you're going to be great in sports, you got to take those gambles. You know what I mean? And you look at the Ravens getting rid of Joe Flacco. Like, Lamar Jackson did not perform the way he's performing right now early on. 
And a lot of people in Baltimore, a lot of Ravens fans were like, what are you doing? Like, like we get a Joe Flacco's not setting the world on fire, but he can manage a game. Da, 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 da. So there were a lot of nervous, nervous heads around that Ravens team. But now Lamar Jackson's out here setting the world on fire. You know what I mean? It, it definitely worked out. Uh, same thing with Pat Mahomes. You know, there were doubters there when, when Alex Smith got shipped out and Pat Mahomes got brought in. The Carolina Panthers at a crossroads. Like they're either gonna go gonna go down with Cam Newton's career or they're gonna have to find the the guts, uh, I'll put it that way, to move on from him uh and, and get the next phase of their franchise in the building. Cause I think Ron Rivera is a really good coach. And I know usually it's the coach that goes first before the player, but in this circumstance, I really think this franchise needs to keep a hold of Ron Rivera, move Cam Newton at some point in time, uh, whenever, you know, whenever they deem fit, uh, get a replacement in town for him. Obviously, it's not gonna happen this week. But I think the Panthers are in a position where they need to start looking at life after Cam Newton or else they're going to burn every bit of Christian McCaffrey they have and they're going to regret it. All right, David, let's hit on this uh, last voicemail. Hey, it's Brandon Buckfans from Philly. I just wanted to know, what's your guys' thoughts on Fox and NFL Network not being able to have those sideline cameras due to, like, the thunder and, like, its impact on the game? Now, I'm a Buccaneers fan who's used to seeing our team lose games like this. So, like, even with that Christian McCaffrey running hard, great pack at the end of the game, I'm sitting here thinking, like, wow, if they would have had those cameras, potentially it might have been a view that – that would have overturned, you know, the spot of the ball. And it was another play where the refs quickly moved the ball. But I was sitting here thinking, like, wow, like, even with the passing apparent challenge, it was like, wow, we kind of won to some degree due to not having those cameras. It was a game to watch, but um, I think not having those cameras helped us. I would love to know your thoughts on that. Brandon, thanks for the call and uh, and just a re- friendly reminder. You know, we're, we don't curse on on the uh, on the podcast, so please don't curse in the voicemails. The only challenge or the only play that I can really remember that was impacted by the cameras was that scramble by Cam, where they ruled that he did not get the first down because they didn't have a good angle on it. By time the the second half had rolled around they had all their cameras back all the cameramen were back working so there there were no additional angles that they could have had especially on that McCaffrey run at the end of the game because ev- all the cameras were up and running it was it was early in the game you know into the second quarter that they only had the two cameras by the second half all of them were up and running yeah i mean even that call like i'm, I'm pretty confident that cam was short on that play uh, and then, yeah, that was my memory was the same. The the cameras came back eventually, and uh, especially for that last play with with Christian McCaffrey, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing like a sideline view of oh yeah Christian McCaffrey going out of bounds. So it definitely didn't impact that. You think if if any fan base, well, any fan base would do it, but I think the Panthers fan base, if if they if if the lack of cameras in the early part of the game played a significant role, I'm pretty sure the Panthers fan base would be making sure to to say it loud and proud. Um, yeah, there was there was too much time left for for anything to happen that early. Uh, really play a major role in the game yeah. down the stretch. You know, both both teams had plenty of opportunities that they missed, and the Bucks just took advantage of of more of their opportunities than Carolina did. Right, but definitely a good question. I mean, I was actually in a chat with a couple of other uh, media buddies of mine, and when that first challenge happened, I it, it hit me. I didn't I didn't. Apparently, during the pregame, they had mentioned it or talked about it. I didn't really watch the pregame. Uh, I was talking to them. I said, you know, it kind of hit me. I was like, do they have more than one camera angle or do they just have these two uh, that we're that we're looking at? And so we kind of went back and forth and we didn't really know, but uh, found out later, obviously, that 
the teams or that the NFL, the, you know, in New York, they have the same cameras that you're looking at on TV. So just kind of an interesting little tidbit on how mother nature decided to show up on Thursday night. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code LOCKED ON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E CHU.com. Promo code LOCKED ON. L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Well, David, that is going to do it for this episode. Please make sure that you are checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you are sending us your voicemails and getting entered in to win that $100 gift card to NFLShop.com. Just bear in mind, if we do not answer your voicemail on the air, it is nothing personal. We are just not going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, We have been flooded with voicemails in the past week or so and it's just not possible with our time constraints to get to every single one please make sure you're following along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have a marvelous monday knowing that your beloved tampa bay buccaneers are in first place of the nfc south thank you all so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks Feel the rain on-